Welcome to Count On Me Culture. I'm Lisa Urich talking about the permanent people shortage and what we can do to thrive in a whole new world order as far as the labor force is concerned. I like to mention and remind us that we're talking about the permanent people shortage. People are like, what are what is that? It's a sans demic. Sans, S-A-N-S, without demic people. We are without people. That is, we, why are we without people? Well, you know, 30, 32 years ago, we didn't make as many babies uh, as we would need to replace the exiting baby boomers. And there were several research groups that picked up on this and predicted, the Pew Research Center being one, and said by the end of 2019, you're going to run out of people. You're not going to have the people you need for the workforce. And that happened. Uh, In fact, early 2020, as I've said before, um, we... 72% of employers reported that they didn't have the people they needed. This is early 2020, before the pandemic, February. It was the worst uh, employment report in terms of 72% saying they needed help uh, since World War II. And that was a big deal. And as a result of that, we could have been taking action. But instead, we fell into the pandemic in March of 2020 and are still coming through that. The pandemic served to accelerate the effect, accelerate the shortage of people. We had people stay home. We had people that lost their lives, and we had people that removed themselves more quickly from the workplace uh, where you had um, – you know, you had retirees planning to retire at about 10000 a day. They started retiring at 14000 a day, which is a lot. So we know all of this in this context. And we keep saying it. I keep saying it because it's not being talked about in the general news media. It still isn't part of our general awareness, though we are seeing its effect. We are going to stores where we check ourselves out. That is much more common. We're seeing fees for service when we go through a fast food restaurant. We're seeing people shut down. Have There's a new restaurant in town and you go in and it's a 45 minute wait, but you look and two thirds of the, of the restaurant is empty. Why is there a wait? Because there aren't servers. And what you see when there is this kind of contraction is that the jobs at that are considered least uh, most hard work or least sexy, for lack of a better word, uh, are often the ones that suffer most. Some of the hard jobs that daycare uh, dwindles because two reasons people can make more money. There's fewer people and suddenly or they may not want to do daycare, or they may not want to be involved in waste management or some of these other kinds of jobs. So we have this gravitation and we don't have uh, innovation and we don't have automation for those kinds of tasks yet. So what happens is you see a she session. You see a lot of women who have stayed home and men too, who have stayed home to take care of children because daycare is not affordable and readily available. So all of these things are kind of twirling around and I give this context because today we're talking about um, some of the things that happened when the millennials and and if you're a millennial uh, or a Gen V is in charge in the workplace. And what I'm noticing is that there is often a harshness about the treatment of others. And to illustrate, I had a story, uh, a friend Friends came in from Wisconsin, and they were talking about their son who is running a pizza parlor that they've had for generations. And they were saying, you know, he's a really hard worker, and the fact that he wanted to take that on is such an amazing thing. 
And they've noticed that he's not quite as gentle. He loses a lot of employees. So here we are in a sandemic and you have employees and he's not keeping them. Why is he not keeping them? Well, one of the reasons is that he's kind of harsh with them. He may call them an idiot or he may say that. I'm doing a workshop at our plant because we've noticed that there are several people who are in the habit of calling each other uh, what are you an idiot? Are you you know stupid? Are you saying these things that are really pretty harsh? And while we don't want to be on the receiving end, we're much more sensitive than we have ever been about receiving criticism as a population, as a workforce. We don't want to receive bad news. We don't want to fail. We don't want to be told that we're bad or told that we're uh, we've got a whole generation of leaders and, and we've said in a previous podcast no one wants to be in management or not as many people want to be in management anymore they don't want the responsibility but when they are faced with that responsibility a lot of times they're pretty hard on the people that are working with them uh, they're pretty fast to fire they're like hey you can't handle this you get out uh, the young man that I'm talking about with the pizza parlor you know he would say, uh, to customers, customers complain about food, say, I don't like this, this pizza is too dry or this something. And his reaction is, you don't like my food, get out of here, um, which is not, you know, ultimate, you know, unreasonable hospitality, the book <laughs> or any of those things. But that is the kind of thing that we are having to cultivate because it isn't coming naturally in some spaces. And here we have a very real people crisis and we're missing, perhaps, the opportunity to uh, respond or build our organizations with that in mind. It doesn't mean that you have to uh, coddle or do something around behavior that isn't right. There's always a, a way to deal with problem behavior. But these harsh comments, you know, um, again, somebody comes in and says, you know, they've got a party of eight. Do you have a table? And there's two tables of four rather than push those tables together you know the pizza guy says pizza parlor owner says i'm sorry we don't have anything for you it's going to be a 45 minute wait um, rather than make these accommodations and so one of the things that i'm noticing is that we need to be really deliberate um, as gen v as millennial leaders as gen x leaders at being gentle in the workplace, being aware that we are, when we're working with people, whether they're our customers or whether they're our employees, but especially if they're in our employee or working as contractors with us, we need to be really nice and really gentle with each other if we want to attract and retain the best because people are a gift. You're listening to the Count on Me Culture. We'll talk more about this in a second about what to do instead of that harshness, how to engage people and use strength when we come back. Hey guys, Zach Connor here with Connor Bros Wood Floors. If you're anything like me, your allergies have got you sneezing your face off. The guys at Connor Bros Wood Floors have the perfect solution a brand new floor. Is a new floor from Connor Bros going to solve all your problems? Probably not. Is ripping out all that old dusty carpet going to help? Absolutely. Find the floor, find the color, find the feel you want. Your home's new look is waiting. Come by our showroom and pick from hundreds of different options that will help with those dreaded allergies. Connor Bros Wood Flooring, Highway 111 North and All Good are on the web. ConnorBros.net. Welcome back to the Count on Me Culture. I'm Lisa Urich, and we're talking about how being in a sandemic, being in a people shortage, um, draws from us or necessitates a new way of working together and what to do instead of harshness, instead of these things that come out of us, instead of you're fired, which we're 
very quick to do. We're very quick to, to terminate people and to throw them off the island. Uh, there's the old adage, be slow to hire and quick to fire. I don't think that works for us anymore. Uh, slow to hire and slow to fire um, because you, and maybe it reverses. I am these days quick to hire and slow to fire because if I've got somebody who says they want to come along and they want to work with us, I want to say yes. It's a sandemic. There's a people shortage. I have the privilege of being presented with another human who is interested in helping in my endeavor. I want to look at that as a precious resource, and I want to say, yes, I want you to come along. And then I want to figure out what their strengths are because, and I don't know, for decades I've been working on how to help people see their gaps and see their deficits and performance appraisal systems that, that yielded these improvement plans and these other things. And I really have kind of thrown all of that out. And I was very influenced by a book um, called The Strengths Test or Strengths Finder by Donald Clifton. He wrote it. He started writing it in the 1940s. He, when he came back from World War II, he wanted to look at well psychology and at what people did well. And he discovered or theorized that you can get farther faster by leaning into someone's strengths than by trying to mitigate their weaknesses. So instead of beating our heads and saying, trying to make someone who is not really good at relating with people or interested in uh, winning others over, but they're very interested in data, they're interested in something, instead of trying to make them something that they're not, you get farther faster by leaning into those strengths. So there's a strengths test, and uh, I've taken it, my husband's taken it, everyone who works with me has taken the strengths test, and uh, that strengths test is really interesting because it points out your top five superpowers. And if we organize around those top five superpowers, then what happens is people are better. It's easier for them to lean into their strengths. So maybe an alternative to this harshness to saying someone's stupid or unintelligent or something harsh like that, maybe an alternative is to say, let's look at what they really are good at. And instead, lean into their strengths and position them to win. And when we do that, everybody wins because uh, we're really engaging them. So people aren't feeling that they're going to fail and they're feeling like they're well attended. They feel like they are uh, valued as people. And again, we're in a sandemic. We've got a value. If the, the successful organizations, the ones that are really thriving, are the ones that are saying yes. And how can I use your strength? How can I help engage you deeply. And there's several examples of that. We'll come back in a third segment talking about how to give respect and forge an adult-adult relationship, yet another concept as we consider what the Count on Me culture means. Welcome back to the Count on Me culture. I'm Lisa Gurick, and we're talking in this segment. We're continuing to talk about how you can thrive in a, in a sandstemic by being a great leader and dropping the harshness in favor of strengths thinking, strengths-based thinking. And in this final segment, I want to talk about respect and forging an adult-adult relationship. You know, for years, there's, there's some massive things that have changed in, in recent times. For years, people looked at as an employer like a parent. The employer is going to 
give me my position description. They're going to tell me when to come, when to leave, what to do. It's kind of like they're going to tell me when bedtime is, you know. Uh, an employer is going to tell me if I did a good job, if I didn't do a good job. They're going to provide for me. They're going to, you know, we have this employment agreement and understanding, and it's very parent-child in a lot of ways. And when people rebelled, they they left, you know, quit or they formed unions or they did other things to say, I need a voice. I need, I need a voice in this relationship. Well, we're in a different place today because people know they can walk. They know they can go, you know, in, in Cookville, Tennessee today, there are seven jobs for every person looking. That's seven opportunities out there for every single person. So if you've got a person, again, like the previous segment, if you've got a person standing in front of you that says, I want to work with you, Quick to hire. The answer is yes. And then slow to fire because you have a precious commodity, a a precious resource in front of you, someone who's willing to offer their talents when they could literally do that six other places in this very moment. So what do we do with that? The first thing is is really to give respect. And we have four rules in, in our workplace, and one of them is to be concerned about the respect you give. And I think it starts by giving that respect to others. And when we when I say, you know, in a parent-child relationship, the parent's really concerned about the respect they're getting. Um, in an adult-adult relationship, we're concerned about the respect we're giving. When our friends come over, we treat them with hospitality, we offer them something to drink, we uh, make sure their seating is comfortable, we make sure they have a good time, we're friendly to them, we don't, you know, we treat them with courtesy and respect. And that's the same kind of attitude that we need in effective workplaces today. The the leader, the manager, the owner that greets uh, someone who wants to work there and says, Hey, I, you know, so glad you're, it's you. I'm glad you're here and treats that person is very concerned with the respect they're giving. Um, and then cultivates that between the other, the other folks who are working there. Like, Hey, we're all adults here and we're going to give each other respect just like, um, we're friends or family or, uh, doing hospitality in our very own homes. We're going to forge an adult, adult relationship. And so when we talk about the count on me culture, that's the kind of question is, what can I count on you for? What do you want to contribute here? What do you want to bring to the party? If we were inviting friends over, we would say, hey, we're going to have dinner. And what would you like to, you know, I'm going to cook, I'm going to cook uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. And they'd say, what would you like me to bring? Because that's what adults do. What you want to count on me for? And you say, well, you know, why don't you bring your favorite side dish? And they bring their favorite side dish. It's a potluck kind of dinner because people are willing to offer up in an adult-adult relationship. And that's what we're cultivating in our new workplaces today. We're cultivating this idea that the adult that's in front of you is a capable, strengths-based person. They have talents. They have skills. They have something that is going to be really useful to your organization. And if you give them respect and treat them like an adult and have a conversation with them, that it's not about the position that you're putting in front of them. It's really about the conversation and the invitation that you're making. This is a mind flip. This is a real glacial change, if you will, in the world of work because we've always been rooted and a lot of organizations are still rooted in, I'm going to stand the line and I'm going to work for the person I absolutely want to find, realizing that you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. And if you're going to find that person with those skills, you're either going to have to be very flexible about how they show up, most likely, and say, what do you need? What do you? 
gosh, you've got the skills I absolutely need. We absolutely need in our organization. What do you need from us? That's an adult conversation. That's a friend kind of conversation. What do you need from us? Well, I need flexibility on Mondays and Tuesdays. And we've talked about the five F's. Flexibility is one of them. And so you say, okay, you know, here's the flexibility. I'm offering that to you in an adult-adult trust relationship where I am uh, asking you what you want to contribute and what you want to be accountable for in this organization, what I can count on you for. And I'm offering the respect and the opportunity to be flexible and have fun with it and all of the other kinds of F things. Does that make sense? It's like we're, we're really in a different headspace in the world of work. And those who are thriving with it are the ones who are taking a, a, a beat and they're not talking to people like they don't respect them. They're not talking to their guests and their employees and their customers like they don't value them because they realize that our human-to-human connection is just so, so important and that uh, it's important that we honor people who say they're willing to come alongside and be part of our organizations. And that is how we create the Count on Me culture.